This is Native Prairie Appreciation Week. On the show today, Glendalee Allen Bossler talks with Dr. Sean Aslane, a forage breeder and geneticist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's Swift Current Research and Development Centre. Aslane's work focuses on native plant breeding. So, Sean, let's start by talking about, uh, of course, the native plants and native grasses and the importance of them. Sure. So uh, the native grasses really historically have been, um, I guess, the foundation of uh, at least early agriculture in Western Canada. Um, prior to, you know, with early settlement on the prairies, uh, rain, our native rangelands were um, uh, a primary source of forages for, uh, for cattle production. Um, over time, I mean, that, that did change with, uh, with cereal production becoming more dominant um, kind of between uh, na- late 1800s, early 1900s. We saw more of a shift to annual grain production and more of the introduction of, um, of non-native species um, due to a combination of different factors. Um, part of it being uh, ecological uh, challenges um, imposed by um, uh, drought conditions in the 1930s, which really pushed the need for, uh, for, um, for perennial grass cover. And uh, that resulted in a lot of importation of, of different species uh, from outside of Canada. Now, uh, while many of those, of those introduced um, species have become have taken off really well, uh, from a production standpoint, they fill a particular niche that um, isn't necessarily, um, I guess I, I should say that the, the, uh, the native species fill different uh, ecological niches than uh, the introduced species. And the importance of these native species, uh, one of the big things uh, go, comes down to biodiversity. And uh, we know that in ecosystems and our rangelands, they are uh, managed ecosystems. We know that these ecosystems are more resilient when biodiversity is present. So having biodiversity, different sorts of species that have different traits lead to uh, greater resilience against different disturbances in the environment. So this can be, for instance, when you have uh, a drought situation, um, some species are going to do well and some species aren't going to do so well, but you're still going to have some species that are, are there and being productive on the landscape. When properly managed, they are essentially a low-input, self-sustaining system. Now, that doesn't work for every single area. There are, are different production needs and different production practices across, uh, across the country. Um, but in, in large swaths of, of Saskatchewan, we do rely on our native rangeland uh, for our cattle production. And they are, in, in many senses, very low-input systems. Uh, so we're not having to reseed every year. Uh, we don't have that seed cost. We don't have to be adding nutrition back onto the landscape, uh, be it fertilizer, any, any type of fertilizer, uh, you know, cost of herbicides, cost of fungicides. Uh, those types of things are, are greatly reduced in rangelands because they are, they are based on a natural system that's in equilibrium. And when we're so, talking about that, that natural yeah. system, uh, forage production, the, the native species that we see out there, the grazing that we see happen, 
it it's all kind of works in synergy, right? It it all benefits mm-hmm. the environment. A lot of people ha- have a, a misinterpretation sometimes thinking grazing is bad for the environment. As long as we're not overgrazing, we're benefiting the environment, right? Exactly, 100%. Like, um, so when you go back to, like, the ecology of, uh, of the Great Plains, you know, traditionally the major disturbance events um, from an ecological sense, were bison grazing and fire. Now, those types of events, that disturbance is good because what happens is if there's, you know, one or two species that become dominant, they choke out everything else. And what this, this disturbance does, it renews the ecosystem. So it allows for species that were getting crowded out to come up. And as a result, you know, these different species have different features that contribute what are called ecosystem services to the environment. So these are benefits that different species provide. Um, so, for instance, you know, in, in something like uh, a, native, a, a legume, we have uh, nitrogen fixation is a major benefit, a major ecosystem service it contributes. You know, so, you know, our legumes contribute nitrogen, our forage grasses don't, uh, but our forage grasses in comparison, tend to be very deep-rooted. They're able to fix more carbon into the soil and improve different soil health parameters. So it's all these different kind of moving parts that work in synergy that um, form kind of this this, uh, equilibrium um, that makes it very resilient and very self-sustaining as long as things are being properly managed. That being said, as a breeder of, of native forages, Talk to us a little bit about the challenges of that. Our native species, I mean, they've evolved under different uh, pressures to persist in the environment. And one of those things that that we see a lot is um, characteristics like seed dormancy, characteristics like hard seed that make it somewhat more difficult to establish native species relative to the tame species. We also have a number of traits that are are related to a quote-unquote domestication. Um, so this can be things like seed shattering. And, and these are production traits that make it difficult to make uh, native grasses or native legumes available on a commercial scale because they are they're more difficult to produce in those senses. But they, they, these are traits that we do have variation in in most populations and that we can make selections for for improvement. So as an example, uh, one thing that my program is starting to look at more is establishment characteristics of native legumes and seeing if we have genetic variation for things like early vigor and establishment so that instead of planting a plot and it comes up three years later, having a plot that comes up in the same year. And kind of the end goal of this type of research is, is to breed some production traits where we push the populations kind of in in a certain direction. We don't want to lose diversity. So we're making kind of tweaks to populations so that they have um, better production traits to make it easier for things like establishment. And uh, what that translates to is reducing the risks associated with seeding uh, native species. Um, to begin with, native species, because they are more difficult to produce seed off of and and Seed production is, is, is not at the same level as um, as our introduced forages. The seed prices tend to be higher, so it can be uh, an expense, uh, a more costly endeavor in some situations. Um, but reducing the risk 
to, so they can re- reap those benefits really is the longer-term goals of uh, the breeding research. I've been talking with Dr. Sean Alslan at Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's Swift Current Research and Development Centre. He is a native forage breeder. For Golden West, I'm Glendale Allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.